0: true to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for our next lesson in our series on the book of Ephesians. In today's lesson we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 4 verses 29 through 32 where we see some powerful verses about our words. We are to let no rotten word come out of our mouth and we are to forgive others along with many other things in this very short passage of scripture the application is easy to understand but hard to put into practice well we hope you enjoy this lesson thanks again for joining us for true to the bible podcast all right ephesians chapter 4 we're going to finish out the book today and we're looking at some if you guys remember the character of the new man was last week what does a new man look like um and so if you, oh man, I have. I I printed out the handouts, but I didn't bring them. I'm not gonna go get them because I don't. Want them. Out the book today. The chapter, okay. sorry. Yeah, okay. we're gonna do okay. chapters five, six, and the rest of four. They're in my okay. office. We're gonna do cha- yeah, all three chapters to finish it out uh, today. So get ready. We'll be here for a while. Um, so today, character of the new man part two or rotten words. Okay, is what we're gonna be talking about because he starts out. Uh, well, verse 29, talking about rotten words which you'll look at. Uh, Paul's showing us how to be that new man that we're created to be. If you guys remember, uh, when we place our faith in Jesus for eternal life, we get eternal life, and now we have we are a new creation. The old things pass away, behold, all things are new. And Paul says that we need to put on that new man every day, because even as believers, we can live like the old man. And so that's what we've been talking about. Last week, we talked about how we can live like the new man through a few things like Uh, Not letting the sun go down on your anger, not being quick to anger, uh, and a few other things like that. Working hard so that you can give. Um, Thank you, Glory. And so this week we have really three more things that we're going to look at. A lot of them are dealing with relationships um, and words, okay? Um, But all of them are dealing with relationships. And I think it's going back to the unity that he's talking about, that Paul's been talking about this whole time. So. How can we relate to each other by using the new man? How can we promote unity? We're going to see it today. Uh, we're going to read verses 29 through 32. So if you guys are there in Ephesians chapter 4, go ahead and turn or go ahead and look at it. And we'll read uh, those five, four verses before we uh, pray and then get going. Okay? All right. It says, "Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is that is good for edification, according to the need of the moment." So that you will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by which or by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you, along with all other malice or wickedness. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we just come before you and thank you for this day that you've given to us, and I just pray that as we um, look at your word, that you'd encourage or convict us as needed, God, and um, that we would glorify our you and that we'd listen to the truth of your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> all right, so, first thing we're going to look at today, like I said, the creation of the new man, we're going to look at three things, just like we did last week. The first one is rotten words, okay, which is why I named the lesson Rotten Words. It is from verses 29 and 30, so we're going to look at it here. This will be the first point on your... Um, your little note-taker thing if you want. It's just rotten words. And again, it's verse 29 to 30, so let's look at those verses again uh, and then dive into it. It says, "...let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear." And then we'll read 30 in just a second. So it says, "...let no unwholesome word, un- word unwholesome word, proceed from your mouth." Uh, it, it literally, in the Greek, it just says, every ro- r- "...every rotten word must not proceed from your mouth. So every rotten word must not proceed from your mouth. So I was thinking about rotten, okay? So what are some rotten things? Okay, first one, rotten wood. That's the first thing I always think of, okay? I don't know why, but it, you know, rotten wood's not really good for a lot of things, okay? It doesn't burn good, because um, it's like, it's just too rotten, okay? Now dried wood is good, but rotten wood, it just doesn't burn good, you can't build with it, you know, termites, all that stuff. It's just not very good for, for very many things. So, that's the first thing I thought of. The second thing I thought of was rotten food, okay? Which is obviously very delicious, but not very healthy for you to eat, okay? Rotten food is nasty, okay? Yeah, you think this picture is nasty, just wait for the next one, okay? <clears throat> this is gross, rotten food is gross. It makes you sick if you eat it, and again, it's not good. It doesn't promote your body. It, I mean, it tears your body down, right? Uh, so the last thing, rotten teeth, okay? That's the other thing I was thinking of, rotten teeth. <laughs> so, you know, I used to live in Arkansas. <laughs> I know mean, you guys are laughing, but like, there are a lot of people, people with, there's, I'm from my family, whole family's from Arkansas, okay, we're, that's where my heritage, that's where my roots are, okay, is Arkansas. And so I can say this, uh, but you know, I've met a lot of people with rotten teeth. Uh, I met a lot of people with dentures. Uh, I'm gonna have rotten teeth, okay? Because I don't—I'm not great at brushing my teeth, and I really am bad at flossing my teeth. So someday this will be me, okay? And you guys will have to love me anyway, okay? But these are some things that I think of when I think of rotten, okay? So what are rotten words, okay? Maybe I should just back it up once so you don't have to look at that the whole time, okay? So what are rotten words, okay? Rotten words—they're words that aren't good for building up. Remember, the whole theme is building up the body. The whole theme is that we encourage and build one another up so the rotten words are words that are not good for that okay we're gonna see the contrast in a second what good words are but they're words that are ugly they're words that um, make people sick if you will right there's so they're bad words okay and not bad words just as in like cuss words but they're specifically words that tear people down and then uh, preceding context remember last week how we talked about the truth and the lie a little bit and two weeks ago we've been talking about the truth and the lie how Uh, The truth is God's word. God is the truth of God's word, and the lie that God is not, or God is not who He says He is, you know, and we kind of put God out of our mind in that way. So, rotten words would be a part of the lie, right? They'd be things that coincide with uh, the world's plan, the world's worldview, uh, Satan's worldview rather than our worldview. So, rotten words are anything, any words (coughs) that tear people down, okay, even if they sound like they're good, okay, but they tear people down. And so like we talked about, I can't remember how many weeks ago, but speaking the truth in love a little bit, right? And we we said that we need to speak the truth, but we need to do it in love. So if we speak the truth and we do it in hate, those are rotten words, right? Even though they're truthful. And so there's that balance of just making sure that your words are encouraging and building up. Okay, that doesn't mean that everything is flattery, okay? You still speak the truth, which sometimes is hard, but you do it in a loving way that will encourage people that will build the body up that won't cause uh, division and divisiveness does that make sense which is what he goes on to say so look at it let no rotten word proceed from your mouth but only such a word that is good for edification now the word edification does anybody remember from a couple weeks ago uh, what that word edification means not drumming Okay, that's a hammer and a nail. Building, building up. The word edification just means building up. Remember, it has the idea of building from the ground up or building a building, you know, building up. So, only such a word that is good for uh, edification or building up according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. So, right here we have this but right in the middle. It says, let no one some word, but only the word that is good. So, Um, That's like a conjunction. That's telling you like a contrast, right? So don't do this, but instead do this. So don't just be silent. Don't just not say bad words, but also say words that are good for edification, that are good for building up the body. Okay, so think in your mind right now. What are some words that you could say to people within the body or within your family that are good words, words that build up? Okay, think about those words in your mind. Okay, so not only do bad, but do good. I think I have one more. Okay, there you go. You don't have to look at rotten stuff anymore. So rotten words are words that don't build up. Okay, good words are words that build up. So think about that in your mind. Okay, so he says, make sure that they're good for building up or edification, according to what the need of the the need of the moment. Okay, <laughs> so what this tells us is that some people um, some people think that the right word is always the right word, no matter what circumstance they're in. Okay? So they think that it doesn't matter how I say it or what I say, it's just this thing that I say, no matter when I say it, it's right. And what Paul's saying is that there, there is truth, there's always truth, and it's always the right thing to say, but it needs to be according to the need of the moment. So he's saying, hey, look at your circumstances so that you can build someone up with your words and not tear them down with your words. Okay? Um, you know, Gatlin may come to me and the truth may be that I smell bad. Okay? And Galen's like, well, I'm going to honor the truth. And he just comes up to me, dude, you smell bad. You know? But you know, he also knows that in that moment, you know, I don't need to hear that because I'm already having self-confidence issues because my hair's a mess or something. And so he may say, well, you know what? It's not the right moment to say that truth to him. Okay? Uh, and he's going to instead uh, give me grace. And so it's got to be according to the need of the moment. So we want to speak truth all the time. Right? Yes. Okay. We never want to speak the lie, but then Paul says we want to make sure that we're speaking truth. Okay, that will be building up and encouraging people, which just means that you're speaking truth the the right way. That's all it means. You're speaking truth the right way. Okay, Um, and there's such a balance here. I don't want to like, I don't want to like push you one way or the other because you always speak truth. Okay, but uh, you got to do it in love. But you should never say, oh, I'm not gonna speak truth because I don't want, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want them to be offended. Right? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes the truth is offensive. We get that and all that. And so there's this balance that you, guys have to, you guys have to pray about and you guys have to use wisdom for to say, hey, I need to speak the truth, but I need to do it in the right way at the right time. Does that make sense? So there may be a, a friend of yours in the body that needs to hear a truth, but maybe they need to hear it tomorrow. Or maybe they need to hear it at this time or at this moment. You know what I mean? That's such a balance and such a hard thing, but you have to use wisdom and pray about those things so that way you can actually use a word that is good for building up according to the need of the moment. Does that make sense to everybody? That's what this is talking about. And then it says, so that it may give um, grace to those uh, that hear it. Okay, so that it may give grace. Now this uh, this so that, it's a, it's what they call a henna clause. It just means in order that, Or like kind of like a purpose, Um, it could be purposeful resolve. So it's like a purpose. So you're going to use these words in order that it gives grace. Okay. Now, what's grace? Something that you don't deserve. Yeah, getting something that you don't deserve, or if on the other end, giving something that they don't deserve. Right. So God gave us grace when He gave us Jesus Christ because we don't deserve that. Right. And He gives us grace every day because we don't deserve to live. Okay? And he gives us grace when he gives us rewards because we don't deserve even to earn those rewards. Even the opportunity is grace. Okay? And so um, grace is getting something that we don't deserve. And here Paul says that your edification, your building up words, the words that you're using to build up, should give grace to who? Those who hear, those who hear it. So the one you're talking to. So when you're using your words, who should you be focused on? whoever's hearing it right receiving it and a lot of (laughs) times we're focused on ourselves when we're talking how do i feel what do i want to get across how can i get my opinion across how can i speak what i'm feeling so they know how i feel so they know how i what i want you know what i mean like i do that all the time like i like to say things i'll say things to Haley just so she knows that i'm feeling a certain way because i want her to know that i'm tired when i'm dealing with the kids because then it's like well Look, Haley, I'm tired when I'm dealing with the kids. You know what I mean? It's promoting myself and I'm self-focused on those words and those words aren't giving grace to Haley, right? And so we all, Paul's saying we need to do this to everybody, we need to be focused on giving grace to those who are receiving our words. And the way we're gonna do that is by making sure our words are good for building up at the right moment. Okay, so how many of you guys have brothers and sisters? All right, so just think about it in your mind. Okay? I had five brothers and sisters, so it's not very often that I had used good words the right way.? Okay, And so you guys can be thinking uh, what's up, David? You guys can be thinking right now, how can I give these words, these graceful words to my brothers or my sisters, or even your friends or whatever? Because it's easy to give these words to like our friends, right? that we like? like. It's easier for me to like give good words to Brent when we're having a good day and we're like out playing disc golf than it is when both my kids are screaming and me and my wife are both tired to give them to Haley, right? It's easier for me to give graceful words to Brent in that situation than it is to give to Haley in that situation. But honestly, Haley probably needs it more in that situation than Brent does in that situation. See what I'm saying? So let's look at our lives and say, hey, We need to always give grace to those who hear. Okay, make sense? Okay, then he goes on, look at verse 30. He says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, uh, this verse, in the context, okay, in Ephesians, anybody remember what Paul talks about in regards to the Spirit in chapter 1? The Holy Spirit. But I know it's a long time ago, a really long time ago. Anybody remember? It's the same verbiage here. Okay? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Anybody remember what Paul talked about in the Holy Spirit? It was a long time ago, so I'll just tell you. Okay? He said that we were sealed by the Holy Spirit, which is what he said here. Okay? So it's the exact same thing. He said we were sealed by the Holy Spirit. Remember we talked about how every believer, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, you have the Holy Spirit in you? Right? Okay? We all know that. Okay? And he said that you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. We talked about that. Okay, so Paul's just taught them that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Because he's talking to believers. Remember the faithful church at Ephesus who are believers. So not only believers, but faithful faithful believers. And he says the Holy Spirit's in every single one of you individually. Okay? And then here he says, Don't grieve that Holy Spirit. Okay? That that grieve, it's just like to bring distress to or to bring sorrow to. Okay, that's what it means, okay? To grieve somebody. So. To bring uh, distress or sorrow to them so if the Holy Spirit's inside of us who is the Holy Spirit he's God right now does God love sin easy question everybody should answer this one does God love sin No. no God doesn't love sin right so when we sin is that bringing sorrow upon God yeah it is and so Paul here he's talking about our words he's talking about edification and all this stuff and kind of right in the middle and right after specifically talking about words that we use he says don't grieve the Holy Spirit so if we're using rotten words we're going to be grieving the Holy Spirit or bringing sorrow upon the Holy Spirit we're going to be doing something that the Spirit wouldn't wouldn't like right that God doesn't like that God that does that make sense to you guys and so Paul right in the middle here he says hey Don't bring sorrow upon the Holy Spirit by using rotten words. Rather, you guys should be doing what's right. Walking in the Spirit, right? If you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to be bringing sorrow upon the Holy Spirit? No, right? You're walking in the Spirit, so you're not going to be bringing sorrow upon Him, right? So, that's verse 30. So, I'm going to move on, okay? Any questions about that? Next one. Fighting, okay? It's deer season, so you know how to use a deer picture for this one. We're going to be talking about fighting in verse 31. Okay, it's really interesting uh, because Paul talks about all these specific things and then he goes on this little like list rant and just gives us a list of all these things that we shouldn't do. He, he talks about basically the old man when he's talking about the new man. Okay, he's saying, hey, you need to be a new man by not doing these things. Okay, and so let's look at it. Verse 31, he says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander be put away with you along with all malice okay we're not going to spend a ton of time on these uh because they're all pretty obvious but they're all talking about fighting and i came up with this little definition list because there's a couple different definitions that you might have in your or not definitions a couple different words that they might have used depending on your translation okay and so uh, bitterness was the the main one is everybody's first one bitterness okay that just means like it's to be sore okay and so remember last week how we talked about not letting the sun go down on your anger Okay, widely remembers. Good. All right, so not, don't let sun go down on your anger. We talked about how that could bring bitterness. Okay, being sore at someone. Have you guys ever heard, hey, don't be, that guy's sore at me. That's old, I think. Is that old? Yeah. Okay, so don't be, you know, don't be sore at somebody. It, it's from this, like, don't be sore. When you work out, you get sore. Okay, anky, you get, yeah, you get big too. You get achy, you get <laughs> sore. Okay, when you get hit, so we were at the high school camp out, and there's a kid who (laughs) we were playing night game and there was a trailer and it was dark and there was a kid running, okay? Do I need to say more or you understand, okay? This kid was running. He hit the trailer right here, okay? Uh, With his, I think, left leg first and then right leg. So his left leg cut open and his, his kneecap was like big, okay? It got all swollen and guess what? He was sore, okay? He was sore, he was hurting, okay? yeah yeah somebody did yell watch out for that trailer but it was like at the same time he hit so it didn't really help a lot but that kid was sore his knee was sore okay we don't want to be sore towards someone else for things that they've done to us so we let love cover the offense right okay or if we you know if we need to we go to that person say man you know this thing happened between us and I really we really need to talk about it right and so you don't let this soreness you don't uh, let all that soreness go away okay or that bitterness the second thing might be rage or wrath in your bible i think nasb is wrath um <clears throat> i think mine was rage in this one but i think nasb is wrath but this means like an outburst of anger okay so you know how you like you lose your temper that's what this is talking about remember i talked about dunk ball and how i body slam my little cousin that's what this rage or wrath word is. It's outburst of passion when, you're, when you lose control. Okay, that's what it is. The next one, it's weird because in one version, wrath was the first one and the other one it was the second, but it could be wrath or anger and that word means anger. So it's not necessarily the outburst part of it, but it's just human anger. Okay, that's not righteous anger, that's human anger that we talked about last week with James. So that human anger that's against someone that we should be forgiving uh, and we have that human anger towards them. So that's just anger. And then clamor, that's shouting. Okay, clamor's like shouting or yelling at people. Okay, so again, all these things are fighting. Okay, bitterness, he starts out with the soreness. That's what happens after you fight. Right? Okay, rage or outburst of passion, that happens during the fight. Right? Anger or wrath is before the fight. And then shouting again is during the fight. So he's basically saying, don't fight. Okay, don't fight. Don't let this... This uh, fighting. Oh, and then I, <laughs> I forgot the last one. And then abusive s- speech means slander, or yours might say slander. What is it? Just some of yours say slander? Yeah. Okay. There's some that say abusive speech, some say slander. That's blasphemy or slander. Again, that word is like tearing people down. Okay, that's what that word means, uh, essentially. So it's really has the idea of defaming. You guys know what defaming means? It's like taking, it's almost like taking. Like defaming, taking fame away from someone. So decrediting them. That's why it's slander. You're like uh, jabbing at their character, right? So that's uh, slander. So all these things have to do with fighting. And he says, hey, get rid of all this. And it's interesting because at the very end, uh, he says all these things and then he sums it up. And I'm like, well, why didn't you just use one word the whole time? But he said, put away uh, all these things along with all malice okay, or wickedness. You guys say wickedness or malice. Yes. Malice. Okay, so the word is wickedness, essentially. Right? So it's malice, wickedness, and so he's saying, just with all all kinds of wickedness. He's saying those things are wicked. Those things are malice. Those things are hating towards other people, okay, basically. And so he says, Get rid of all of it. Get rid of all of it. Okay? If you're gonna walk in the new man, which is what we want to do, you need to get rid of all of that. Okay, and it's also interesting because in verse twenty nine, the rotten words that we just talked about, right? You guys remember the rotten words that we talked about just a few minutes ago? Okay. If we have this bitterness, wrath, anger, slander, clamor, a lot of those are rotten word stuff, right? If we're like, if we have bitterness, is it easy to use rotten words? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wrath or outbursts of passion. When you have outbursts of passion, do you use rotten words? Yes. Okay. Anger. When you're angry with a human anger towards someone, do you have. Usually rotten words or rotten thoughts at least. Yeah. Right? Uh, clamor, that's yelling. So if you're yelling at somebody in anger, are you having rotten words? Yeah. Yes, thank you. And then slander, if you're slandering someone, is that rotten words? words. Yeah, it's like it's like he's yeah, it's like he's defining the rotten words here, almost. Right? And so if we look at this and we say, Hey, don't let those things again instead use your words to edify. Use your words to build up and encourage one another through truth truth okay and then the last one okay the last verse here you could do you could do like a whole session on this last verse like you could do probably weeks of study on it uh, because it's so good look at it. it says be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving each other just as god in christ has forgiven you so the first thing he says is to be kind Okay, be kind. The word kind just means good or benevolent. That's an an old word for it, right? Uh, It's exactly what you think of when you think of kindness. It's being nice, okay? It's being kind towards someone. Um, And when you're kind, okay, are you gonna be using rotten words or build up words? Build up words, right? So now we have this comparison. Okay, so the first 31, Okay, it's almost like in in 29 and 30, he said, don't have rotten words, have good words. And then in 31, he's like, here's the rotten words. In 32, here's how you have the good words. Right, the first one is being kind. And it's super simple, but it's so hard to do. Right? How many of you guys this whole week have been absolutely kind to everyone? Raise your hand. Not me, okay. It's hard to do. It's so easy to understand, but it is so hard to do. Uh, was Christ absolutely kind to everyone all the time? Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, and we need to be like him and be kind. And when we are, our words are going to be building each other up and encouraging one another. Okay, the second one is tender-hearted. Some of your Bibles may say compassionate. Okay, I'm not sure, but the word means compassionate. Okay, uh, and again, you could do a whole lesson on compassion, right? We've uh, In Wednesday nights, we talked about compassion. We talked about physical compassion, like how I can actually have physical compassion on somebody, uh, or how I can have emotional compassion, how I can see people's emotional needs, and be compassionate in that way, or spiritual compassion. How I can see spiritual needs and be compassionate in that way. Um, and Jesus was all three, all the time. But compassion, in order to use compassion, you have to actually see people's needs, right? So you have to be aware. First of all, which is I'm really bad at, um, but we have to be aware of your friends within this body, and and your fellow members. You have to be aware of them. Say, hey, what's Gatlin? What's going on with Gatlin? You know, I got to know that. I got to be in tune with what Gatlin. What's how he's? I mean, his. I know it sounds weird, but his facial expressions, his body language, the stuff that he's saying. You know, I know Gatlin. He's my friend. Okay, and so. When he comes in and he's down, I'm I might be able to tell that. And maybe I should go talk to him and have compassion on him. Say, dude, hey, what's going on? Is there anything I need to talk you know, we need to talk about or we need to just what do you need? Right? Okay, that's compassion. which I'm bad at. But we, we gotta use compassion. And when we're using compassion, is that building up with our words? Yeah, it is. When we're using kindness and compassion do we ever lie to make people feel better? No, because that's not compassion and kindness. Okay, True compassion and kindness cares about the person. And the person always needs to hear truth. and never need to hear a lie. True compassion and kindness, again, focused on the person, on yourself. When we lie to people to make them feel good, it's because we don't want to, don't want to hinder our relationship with them. We don't want them to be offended at us. Okay? So we always speak the truth, but we can do it in a compassionate and kind way. Does that make sense to everybody? So we can use our words compassionately and kindly. Okay? And then we're going to spend just a little bit of time on this last one. Okay? It says, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Again, you could use... I mean, you could spend a lot of time on this, right? Because he says that we need to forgive others just like God forgave us through Christ. And again, going back to your words, if you're not forgiving people, it's gonna be really hard for you to not use rotten words. Okay, whether that's right directly to them or whether that's to somebody else. Okay, which brings up another kind of good point, tangent. Hopefully it doesn't distract from the point too much, but like can I use a rotten words towards Gatlin when I'm talking to Molly? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can use rotten words that are focused on Gatlin to Molly. Now Again, that's Ron i to say, Gatlin, to Molly, to, and to myself, okay? So don't think that we're just talking about one-on-one interaction, direct, right? And so the reason I bring that up is because if we're not forgiving people, what do we tend to do? Go talk bad about them, right? If I'm not forgiving Gatlin, then I tend to go to Molly and say, man, Molly, you know, Gatlin's such a meanie head, you know, or whatever. And so, uh, and you know, Molly might be like, yeah, he is. Or she, she might be like, hey, we shouldn't talk about Galen like that. Right? So we need to use our words um, in not a wrong way. And part of doing that is forgiving each other. If I forgive Galen, then I'm not going to go to Molly. All right? And so <clears throat> how did God forgive us? Okay? Through Christ. First one. I think I have them up here. Oh, yeah, I have them both up here. Okay. So how did God forgive us? First way. I, I mean, there's lots of ways look at two. Okay? first one is unconditionally ok unconditionally Romans 5.8 um, or First John 4.10 and this is love not that we love him but that he loved us ok so we didn't love him before he sent Christ and then uh, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinning Christ died for us so his uh, I know these are kind of weird verses to use for unconditional love both of them show that even while we are sinners and even while we are sinning God still loved us God still sent his son That's an unconditional love and an unconditional forgiveness. Um, Okay, so He gives us the opportunity to believe. Okay, He gives us the opportunity all unconditionally, right? So what we mean by that unconditionally, again, God's not walking away from us, right? Who who creates separation from God? We We do. Okay, so just the fact that He died for us and paid for all sin, and gives everybody the opportunity to come to Him, means that it's unconditional. Right? Yeah? Do we agree with that? Okay. The second one is blamelessly. And the reason I bring this up, Hebrews 4.15, you know, Christ is without sin. There's other verses too. uh, But He was tempted in every way, yet without sin. And so, um, did did Jesus ever sin? No, He didn't sin. Did we ever sin against him? Yeah. Does he offer forgiveness to us, even though he never sinned against us? So sometimes we like to forgive people, okay, only when like we sin against them. You know what I mean? Or only when there's blame on both sides. So, like, you know, I may be less willing to forgive Gatlin. I'm using Gatlin a lot. I may be less willing to forgive Wiley, okay? If like he just comes up to me one day and slaps me in the face for no reason. And I did nothing to deserve it, right? I'm like, why would I forgive him? He, he literally just slapped me in the face for no reason. But if I go up and slap Wiley in the face and then he slaps me back, I'm like, oh, you know what? I could, I, you know, eventually, after the anger goes away, it's a little bit easier for me to forgive him, right? Because I kind of was in the wrong too. Because I slapped him first, okay? And so what I'm, what I'm trying to drive at here is that if we're going to forgive like God forgives, Then we need to do it regardless of what people have done against us. Okay? Because does God say, hey, is there any sin that Christ didn't pay for? No, there's not. Okay, so He offers forgiveness despite any sin. So, should we forgive despite any sin? He says we should forgive like God. Okay, we should. So, you know, there might, in my life, you know, (laughs) there's probably limits to where I can forgive, right? Where I I think I can forgive and God's probably going to stretch those. But like, just think of extremes. Like what if, I mean, what if a drunk driver hits my wife and kids and they all die? Am I going to forgive that? I don't know, man. You know? I don't know. I mean, I hope so. But man, that would be really hard. But that's unconditional. Because Christ unconditionally forgives me. And so... That's just something hard that you have to think about. And then blamelessly. Even if you've literally done nothing wrong, should you forgive someone? Yeah. Because that's what Jesus did for you. Okay? And so, the, these are hard thing, two hard things that we can think about when we're talking about forgiveness. Okay, what I want to do is I want to read, I think I have the reference up here, Matthew. I don't have a reference, but it's, uh, it's Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 um, through... I don't know how far we, but it's a it's a parable of the guy that won't forgive, okay. And I think it's a powerful parable. You guys can turn there if you guys want to. It's Matthew 18, okay. But I think it's a powerful parable because it gives. They're talking about the kingdom here, okay, which is interesting. And he says kingdom, and talking about the kingdom here, and talking about how um, how God forgives us, and then your response to others, how you forgive them, okay. Uh, and what I want you to focus on is not necessarily the kingdom part of it or or any of that what I want you to focus on is actually the relationship between how God who's the king in this story forgives and then how the man forgives the other man or doesn't forgive him okay so that's what I want you to kind of focus on as we read it okay it says then Peter came and said to him Lord how often shall I uh, sure, sorry I messed that up Lord how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Okay, so Peter comes up to Jesus. He's like, man, should I, should I forgive somebody seven times? That's a lot of times, Jesus, right? Uh, and there's some background on that. but uh, So should I, should I seven times, God, or Jesus? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Okay, so not seven times, 70 times seven, Peter For this reason, this is still Jesus talking, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared with a king who wishes to settle accounts with his slaves. When he he had begun to settle with them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Okay, so tons of money. This guy owes him tons of money. Okay, but since he did not have the means to repay, this Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children that all he had so that the repayment may be made they so said hey sell this dude off because i was custom back then right they sell him into into slavery basically so that he can pay off his debt okay so sell him so he can get that paid off for me so the slave that's before the king fell to the ground prostrate he's laying on the ground before the king and he says have patience with me and i will repay you everything right? and the lord of that slave felt what Compassion. Interesting there because we just talked about that. Felt compassion and released him and forgave the debt. Okay, so up to this point, God is the king and we all owe him what? Death. We all owe him debt. For the wages of sin is Death. death. We all owe him debt. Okay, so we all owe this huge, huge debt to God. And because he's just, he can't just say, Ah, no more. So he sends Jesus to pay for it, right? So he forgave. He sent Jesus to, so he can forgive us, right? And so at this point, we are these forgiven people. Okay? And if we place our faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, we have that forgiveness. So we're this slave that has the forgiveness. Okay? But this slave went out and he found one of the fellow slaves. Okay? So he found a fellow worker, a fellow slave, who owed him 100 denarii. He owed him a few bucks. Right? He seized him and began to choke him and said, "Pay back what you owe me." So the fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, "Have patience on me." exact same thing. He fell before this other slave, said, "Have patience with me, I will repay you." But he was unwilling, and he threw him in prison until he'd pay back what he would owe. Okay, and the reason I bring up this parable is because we do this all the time. We've been forgiven a huge debt, death that we owe God. And yet, we don't forgive people when they talk bad about us, when they gossip to us, when they do little things to us, or when they do big things to us. We don't forgive them. Okay? Or we don't forgive them because they don't forgive us, or because they don't ask for it, or because they don't come to us and apologize. We don't forgive them because fill in the blank why you don't forgive somebody. Okay? It happens all the time. And yet, God forgave you of all the sins that you did. Now, if you're thinking right now, well, my sin against God wasn't as big as their sin against me, check your pride and check yourself because it's a lot bigger. God was perfect. Okay, He has no fault. He created you, and then you sinned against Him. And even one tiny sin of yours against God is a lot bigger than any big sin against you from a fellow man. Because we all, I mean, we owe him everything. Even if we didn't sin, we owe him everything, right? He created us, and he gave us this world. And we owe him everything to begin with. Then we sin against him, and we owe him death too. Okay. So what someone did to you is nothing. Okay? And also, you don't have to go die for that person. God had to come die for you because he's perfectly just. And so, don't think in your mind well, what they're doing to me is worse than what I've done to God because I'm a pretty good person. Okay, We need to forgive just like God forgave us through Christ. Does that make sense to everybody? How many of you think that's an easy thing to do? No, it's a hard thing to do. Okay, But Paul, in this letter to this church, is saying, hey, you want unity? You guys want a church that's on fire and building each other up and doing the mission of sharing the Gospel and training believers, you want a youth group that's doing that? Well, then this is how you're going to do it. And this is how you're going to do it. You've got to be in unity be people by walking as the new man or putting on the new man. Putting on a new creation, which means walking in Spirit, doing what we're talking about. Letting no rotten word come out of your mouth by forgiving, being compassionate and kind. Not being angry. Not having any kind of wickedness or malice. Uh, not having bitterness and letting that reign in your life. Okay, not having outbursts of anger. But instead, show compassion. Show kindness. Let love cover the offense. Forgive people. Does that make sense to everybody? So what's the impact? Love each other. Okay, I was you know, I was gonna put on here, don't let rotten words come out of your mouth, don't be hateful in speech, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do this. And I was like, what's one word that covers it all? Love. All you got to do is love each other. And I know it's hard. But that's what Paul's saying. And he's showing us here specifically how we can love each other. You know what I mean? Like It's not like he's just like, alright guys, go love each other. He's like, okay, here's some very specific things that you can do to love each other. Forgive each other. Be compassionate. Be kind. Don't let any rotten word proceed out of your mouth. Okay? And we can all do this. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit in us. We can be selfless because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And we should do that by doing these things. Make sense, everybody? All right, let's pray. Thanks again for joining us for True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. If you enjoyed this lesson, make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of the lessons on True to the Bible podcast. And if you have any questions regarding this lesson or any of the other lessons, make sure you contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for joining us.